Hello and welcome to Next Steps, an Atlas podcast collaboration between the Monash International Affairs Society and ISAC and Monash, where we explore the next steps for current university students who are searching for a career in international affairs. I'm Georgia Potter and I'm the podcast coordinator for the Monash International Affairs Society. And I'm Vivian, and I'm the Vice President of Partnership Development for ISAC in Monash. Welcome to the third episode of Next Steps. This episode, we talk about internships and jumping into the workforce. And to kick things off, we speak with Shannon Zong, who is a Senior Research and Policy Officer at the Victorian Department of Health. So, hey, Shannon, uh, thanks for coming to the Next Steps podcast today. Uh, Did you want to introduce yourself a little bit and what you're currently doing? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, even like the the social interactions that I get these days are just via Zoom and Teams. So it's kind of just nice seeing people on a screen. Um, So I currently am the research and senior research and policy officer in the infection prevention control advice and response team, so otherwise known as IPCAR, um, at the Victorian Department of Health as part of the COVID-19 response. Um, So by background, I have done my undergrad in pathology and microbiology, and I've also completed my postgrad in um, doing a Masters of Public Health, and I've um, specialised in epidemiology um, and biostatistics um, and mainly my interests lie within um, global health infectious disease research and um, kind of data analysis that area. Yeah that sounds really interesting the fact that you work with like the current pandemic and you are heavily focused on global health and global health issues. Um, So what kind of like international and national aspects do you like deal with on a like weekly or like monthly basis? Um, So if I speak about my current job, working in research and policy, um, I have to, my, the main areas of work include um, collating all the evidence and like the emerging literature um, into rapid reviews and um, reports to then inform high-level advice for the general public, um, industry, different sectors, and produce um, resources that are internal and external um, just for COVID guidance. Um, So the big areas of work that I currently work in are around um, uh, of interest probably would be ventilation. So that's airborne um, transmission, surrounding that, um, also air um, cleaning and disinfection in different areas um, and sectors. So that would include aircrafts. So we're currently in discussion with um, the different airlines and as Australia kind of opens up, what will the implications be to keep Australians safe as they come back and also leave the country? Um, And it also just involves working with other um, health departments Um, within different jurisdictions. So I've had contact with um, the different teams within the health department in all the Australian states and territories. Um, And also 
internationally from New Zealand and just collaborating with them on different resources and seeing um, what opportunities lie ahead and if we can provide any help for them and vice versa. Um, and also just connecting with different organizations um, if we need kind of just to produce resources. So like Canadian um, sources, there are some in, been, that have been in Europe um, so the, on that level, and then if we're talking about my um, kind of epi kind of area, then it really um, is quite broad. And my interest is in infectious disease surveillance and kind of global health. So um, working in that area, you, you can, depending on the disease and where it's endemic in which country you may end up working in that country or doing kind of international collaboration, um, and it, it really does range from what projects and stuff you're working on. So to, it could go from um, setting up testing clinics or screening clinics to labs um, to working with the local healthcare workforce to collect, uh, collect the data and then implement programs. Um, so you're very, very varied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you like do quite a lot of varied things and you get to interact with a range of like different people, whether it's like close, like in, here in like Victoria or whether it's like, like you said, like in Canada and like internationally. Um, is there any like specific part of your role that you enjoy most? Um, in my current job? Yeah, in your current job. Um, I think... Being able to analyze and kind of dissect the evidence as it kind of becomes um, available or the emerging evidence and then using this to inform and develop resources is really interesting um, because before COVID, the, um, the Department of Health didn't really have a centralized IPC team. Um, and traditionally, IPC is very heavily focused in clinical settings. Um, so uh, like ICU, neonatal care, um, operating theatres, that's where a lot of the PPE stuff um, and IPC principles were focused on. And given the pan with the pandemic, we've had to expand IPC out of the healthcare industry and into community settings and different um, sectors. And it's been really interesting to see how um, and be part of the movement of IPC into these public um, settings and helping the general public or improve population health outcomes and contributing to that by developing the resources and guidance um, to really reduce the transmission in the community settings and between people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds like you get to interact with like a range of sectors and actually see the tangible impacts from your work. Um, I guess just asking on like if you had any international opportunities in uni um, that you kind of experienced and if these like experiences or other experiences helped you in your current role since we have a lot of like university students listening who might be interested in pursuing like global health or public health. Yeah there are um, so I did my public health degree at um, Melbourne Uni. I know this is a Monash podcast sorry. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> um, but 
there, there are opportunities where there was a subject where you could go overseas. Um, I didn't do that subject because that was um, focusing on primary health care. Um, but I think that the COVID pandemic has actually shone some light in, onto the Australian public health care system um, and really where areas that are, where the gaps are in the system. And even though it's a very robust um, system and, you know, we have a lot of hospital capacity compared to a lot of other countries, um, it has kind of shown the gaps on in future pandemic planning, what needs to be fixed and what we can look at from other countries, such as um, those who have performed relatively well. And not saying that Australia hasn't performed well, it's just I think we can still learn from a lot of previous pandemics or epidemics, I should call them, um, their plans and working closely with other countries for disease surveillance. And that's an area that would be very interesting. And it's the same with like, it's not just infectious diseases, it's just all kind of global health issues, which would include climate change, um, mm -hmm. which is the biggest public health threat really. And I don't think it gets enough focus. Um, whereas everything's very COVID centric at the moment, but it, in kind of public health and global health areas, you need to work with other countries to, because like, you know, as we've seen with COVID, it's not just like if, if, an, if a disease outbreak occurs in one country, the whole world will be impacted because of how travel works, how global economy works, movement, um, imports and everything, not just human travel. Um, but I think there are opportunities for global collaboration and studying in the area of public health can or population health um, does give you opportunities to work overseas mm -hmm. um, at, at the moment, obviously, because we can't travel, it's a bit harder, but it doesn't mean that you can't still have the opportunity to connect with people in different countries, because I think it's like with the public health and science community, it's actually brought us all a bit closer together in that, because there's a lot of research coming out and it's an emerging topic our focus is shifting on relying on the evidence, trusting the evidence and like connecting with authors globally um, on what they do, what their findings are, the implications. Um, and like even, even within with other organizations and just kind of finding out what they do and incorporating their best or standard practice into our context. And of course, like if you want to go overseas too, um, there are very a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, there's human development, um, global development, depending on the area that you want to work in. Um, but I think it's important to use the time currently to build on your skills um, and like not just your knowledge, but also just areas of interest, um, like trying to use this or max capitalizing on this opportunity to connect with people um, over Zoom to um, build like an initial relationship because it's so standard at the moment. So that's probably like, I think there are tons of opportunities globally, um, but for now, because there are constraints, I would say just work on your own um, knowledge, skills, kind of areas of interest and to kind of, I guess, help with your future opportunities. Mm. So this is the 
time to kind of just like build on those skill sets yeah. and knowledge so in the future you can grasp all of those opportunities yeah um and just to kind of close it off for all of our audience uh do you have any final tips or advice for anyone who might be interested in a career in like global health um i mean i think everyone should do who's who's in health science science clinical whatever should do public health because i think it it really is an important um, but very neglected area of work until the COVID pandemic. And even then, everything currently is very COVID-centric and um, moving out of this COVID era into a COVID normal, what we'll probably call it, um, is very interesting. And I'm... I'm, ex I'm very interested in seeing what the social sciences, like the social behaviours, that studies that come out of the pandemic will look like. Um, but for tips and advice, I'd probably say if you're doing public health, like a public health degree, try a range of different subjects because you don't really know what you don't know until you try it. And I'd say that actually a lot of areas are very, very interesting um, and taught well. And I think they're basic principles that people need to learn about. Um, unconscious biases, everyone has them. That's like probably something that I've learned from my public health degree is that check your unconscious biases. Like you don't have to tell anyone, but just be aware of them because if you're working in the area of, um, international health, global health, um, pop or population health, whatever you decide to, um, there is a humanitarian factor in it. And, you know, everyone has these biases. And if you can check your bias, your unconscious biases, it will help you um, excel kind of in the field, I think. Mm -hmm. And also um, enjoy what, I think you need to enjoy what you're studying. Um, there's not really a point in, studying something that you're not really interested in to kind of get the degree you should if you're going to pursue kind of postgrad studies do something that you're interested in so that you can feel positive about contributing to a field um, that probably needs you so yeah okay well thank you so much uh for chatting with us today shannon i'm sure that i personally learned so much about like public health and global health and hopefully everyone listening has too and thank you for coming again next we speak to Anuri about her own internship experience at the british consulate and she introduces mice's new consular court internship partnership hi Anuri, thank you so much for joining me today Hi, Georgia. Thanks for having me. No problems. Um, so we're here today to talk about um, the Consular Corps program, but also uh, just about internships in general, because I know you're someone who's done a lot. So before we go into that, um, I'd love to know a bit about your personal experiences with interning. So what internships have you completed? So I've completed um, three internships, um, some through Monash um, and one self-sourced. So I've interned at the British Consular General, I've interned at Asia Link, which is a think tank, um, and earlier this year I interned at um, the Caston Centre for Human Rights Law. Um, 
I got my internship at the British Consulate through Monash. So I did that general internship application staff and then they matched me with a suitable organisation. Um, then Monash sent my CV off to the consulate and then the consulate did their own hiring process, that interview, shortlisting stuff. And I got offered that, um, that internship, which was cool. Um, on the other hand, my internship at AsiaLink was a self-sourced one. So not through the Will Arts program. Um, I got this one because I reached out to the director of AsiaLink's diplomacy division. She mentioned in conversation that they had an internship program and I was like, oh, cool. I really want to apply. Um, and she sent me those details through and I went through that, that process on my own. And once I secured it, I informed Monash and I said, hey, I've got this internship. I want course, course credit. And the Will team at Monash approved that unit as a professional placement one. Yeah, so you've got a lot of experience and a lot of varied experience. Um, so why would you recommend that undergraduate university students complete an internship and what skills did you gain from your internships? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, with the IR degree especially, it's not a very practical one, as I'm sure you know. Most of us, we want to go into policy roles, um, but we don't really get that opportunity to do policy work um, through our assignments, which are mostly researched based um, essays. Um, so doing an internship in the field is hugely beneficial. Firstly, you get to experience what working in IR is actually like, like very hands-on. Um, and more importantly, you get a sense of how your degree is useful. You know, it's not just all this knowledge that you gain about the world. It's, hey, I can actually apply this now to this specific policy issue or this specific um, area that a consulate or an organization needs help with. Um, and what I loved about all of my internships is that I actually got to see the type of work that I could be doing, you know, advising government or other bodies, developing policy, writing political commentary, things like that. Um, and the beautiful thing about IR is that it's so diverse. So the range of internships available are just mind-blowing, you know, consulates, think tanks, NGOs. It's just an overall and eye-opening and rich experience. Um, in terms of specific skills, I got to develop policy writing skills. So understanding how to write a document for government um, and actually got mentored on what the structure of this type of writing and, and the language of this type of writing is supposed to be, which is really different to like what we're used to, that academic style, you know, footnoting and, and all of that. Um, so communication is important. Um, at my internship at the British Consulate, I was dragged to a number of meetings with important people and I needed to be able to manage that experience and, and find ways that I could add value, but also not, you know, uh, impose myself too much. So a lot of interpersonal skills are, are important. Um, a quality that I developed and I was surprised to develop was, you know, that ability to take initiative is really important in this space. Um, anticipating the needs of the consul general or the supervisor, you know, oh, I got to take, I know I have to take minutes in this meeting. Um, no one's told me, but after the meeting, they go, hey, can you send me the minutes from that meeting? And it's like, oh, good thing I did it. So I feel like those those skills are, are very important um, to, to gain, to actually be of value to an organisation in, in the IR field. Yeah, you're sort of thrown in the deep end, but you sort of have to be to learn how exactly. everything works. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so moving on, can you tell me about this wonderful new program that uh, Myers is working on alongside Wild Arts? 
Yeah, um, yeah, we'll ask. Um, so the Consular Core um, internship program is one that Myers has facilitated um, and we brought the Consular Core into conversation with Monash University or, or the Monash Will Arts team. And we were able to create an, uh, an internship program that students will get academic credit for. So the Consular Corps is an organisation um, based here in Victoria, and it comprises of the 80 permanent consulates in Victoria. So this internship program gives eligible Monash students the opportunity to intern at one of the 80 consulates um, on, on the Consular Corps member list for course credit. So this internship pretty much functions as a will sourced placement through the Faculty of Arts. Um, and what I love about this internship opportunity is that internships at consulates are, are so highly regarded by DFAT, you know, mainly because it, it gives interns a true insight into what it's like working for government. So if you're a student who is eager to work in DFAT or, or work for government or wants to apply for the DFAT grad program, for example, we strongly believe that this consular coin internship is just such a valuable experience to have. Yeah, and so I'm sure everyone listening is super keen now. How do they get involved if um, for everyone listening at home? Yeah, so in early September, students will have the opportunity to check their eligibility via a Google form um, and express their interest. And this will be advertised widely um, and will definitely be advertised on my socials. So make sure to follow us on that. Um, once the student's eligibility has been approved, they'll be directed to the Consular Call website. Um, and on this website, the students can submit their application. If their experience matches with the needs of one of those 80 consulates and they get through that shortlisting or interview process, then they'll secure the internship and Monash will, will enrol them in that internship unit so they get that course credit. Um, we're hoping to place students in trimester three, which is, you know, upcoming um, and mainly focus towards um, placing students in the summer semester um, this year. So an information session will is, is upcoming in September with the Secretary of the Corps, Trent Smythe, and the Faculty Coordinator for Will, Dr. Felix Nobis. So don't worry if you miss it, it'll be recorded and it'll be put up on the MIAS website uh, for, for you to view at a, at a later time. Well, well, thank you so much for joining me today. That sounds like a wonderful program. I'm so excited to see what you guys do with it. Thanks so much for having me, Georgia. Thank you for listening to that episode of Next Steps, an Atlas podcast collaboration between the Monash International Affairs Society and ISEC and Monash. If you have any questions about today's episode, please email me, Georgia Potter, at atlas at That's atlas at myas.org.au. Also, please check out the feed from previous Atlas episodes if you're curious to learn something new. Um, if you want to learn anything about Myers, you can follow us on our social media. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, also, you can visit our website, myers.org.au. And likewise, you can follow iSecond Australia 
on our Instagram and Facebook channels, as well as our website, isaacaustralia.org, which is A-I-E-S-E-C Australia.org. Or you can follow the ISEC in Monash info hub page on Facebook. And if you have any further questions, feel free to email us on isaac at monashclub.org. See you guys next time.